All right, my friends, here we are. We've come to the conclusion of our podcast series entitled Miraculous. And let's review. Has it actually been miraculous or are we just blowing smoke here? Is this rhetoric without any kind of demonstration or is this a Bible topic that we should academically school ourselves on but not see any results? Or is this a combination of the Word of God and a demonstration of God's power, His compassion, and His love? Which is it? Well, the subject has been, as you know, healing. Healing was a vital part of the ministry of Jesus, public and private. He healed in public. He healed in private. He healed people who believed. He healed people who didn't believe. He healed the outcasts, the aliens, the Gentiles, men, women, children. He raised the dead. He showed no real partiality when it was all said and done. And he healed as a demonstration of the validity of not only his ministry, but his ministry rooted and established in the Word of God. So what is this? What are we to make of this ministry of healing? I know there is healing for marriages. We know that. Nobody argues that. There's healing for strained relationships, for uh, people who have been divorced. There's healing for relationships with prodigal sons or daughters. We we get all of that. This seems to be uh, a foregone conclusion that that's widely acceptable. But when you start messing around, in talking about somebody being healed physically, some people are going to fall out of the bus. It, not everyone's going to be on that page because they've been taught that or they've always heard that or they've never seen anything like that. So let's, let's really get to the bottom, shall we, of this whole thing. The Spirit of God in the New Testament is, is given to us, as an, it's described really as an earnest money guaranteeing our an earnest deposit, an earnest money, guaranteeing our inheritance. In other words, your interaction, my interaction with the Spirit of God bears witness that we are the children of God. So God sort of gives us a, I don't know, earnest money deposit so that when we die, inevitably die one day, and we're in heaven, it's, it bears witness with everyone in heaven that the Spirit of God is present in us. It ought to be something uniquely different. We ought to be consecrated apart from everyone else in a different way. So everyone gets that. The Holy Spirit is sort of a deposit guaranteeing our eternal inheritance. But what is a healing? A healing in a similar way is a earnest money deposit. Not unlike you would um, put an earnest money deposit on a home that you're wanting to purchase. But but what it is is it's an advance. You one day will have, in eternity, a glorified body, a body no longer in need of healing. What the ministry of Jesus does is brings forward as a deposit indicating where you're headed, um, almost alone against that glorified body. He's going to disrupt the, the process of natural deterioration in your body or fix something in your body that otherwise wouldn't be fixed if you didn't mess with it. And it's an advance against a glorified body. Now, are those who are physically healed going to get sick again? Of course. Are they going to die? You bet. Everyone raised from the dead is going to die. 
So, so that's a given, but it's a, it's a temporary interruption in the natural law of things, and you're afforded by God an advancement against a glorified body. Let's look at it that way, okay? That's, let's frankly, let's admit that's odd, all right? Second thing I would say is, here you are listening to somebody who had the audacity to stand up in front of a congregation on numerous Sundays and tell them that God was going to begin to start healing people. And, and, and as a sign, a confirmation that his word is true. Now, that is either going to be one of two things, accurate or arrogant. Which one? An arrogant, empty statement would yield no results. An accurate statement, prophetically speaking, would yield results. Okay, so there's a risk involved there, is there not? All right, let's go to the next step of this whole thing. Since that time, since belief that God is going to heal people in this church family, I don't know, six, seven, eight, or nine, maybe more than that, people have been healed sort of out of the ordinary. So you're talking about uh, aortic aneurysms that shrink, no explanation or medication so that someone can have surgery. There, There you go. That's unusual. You have a woman who's having difficulty breathing as she walks into church, has to be helped to her seat, all of a sudden is running up three flights of steps after church two weeks later, after a seemingly innocent time of prayer at the end of a service asking for healing. That's unusual. Then you have this rash on someone's face that disappears. It's been there for a long, long time. And all of a sudden we find somebody in palliative care Four weeks and one day in a medically induced coma on a ventilator with a palliative care nurse basically letting me know it's time to let this family know that this person's organs will likely start shutting down any day now, okay? So that person is now in rehab, not in a medically induced coma, breathing in in a way they never could before, and it's going to live, okay? So literally snatched from the jaws of death and rapidly progressed in a matter of days to a point where this young man's going to live. The other night we had, uh, well, we've had people that have been off of cigarettes for for months now, weeks, months, uh, have broken an addiction to nicotine, and then we have just at a, a dinner the other night, an elder's dinner. I'm looking down at the end of the table, about 25 people there around a the table, and a woman and a, a wife of someone on her staff's being prayed for, and she hasn't had a sense of smell or taste since February of 2021, and all of a sudden the next day she does. Running around the house smelling candles and changing her diet and enjoying the whole radical turnover of everything that she was subject to. So there are others, someone in a Sunday night prayer service that had a, a personal issue that was confirmed to have been healed. So uh, what do we do with all this? To what do we attribute this um, paradigm shift uh, and to what do we attribute this new thing for consideration? Because it's not without its expenses. There are those who even now would say that no, there is no healing 
that was for the first century. Even now people are saying that. I don't quite understand that. But even now people are saying there's no healing uh, in the 21st century, only in the first. But yet I don't know what to tell these people who are now set free or on the mend or breathing again or almost alive again. What, what do you say to that? Well, how do you have to be careful? Well, the question is, what directs your doctrinal compass? What, what actually decides whether you're headed in the right direction or not doctrinally? I think the first thing would be read the Word of God. Read the Word of God. And what does the Word of God say about a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. What, what is that, what is, how is that God, that eternal, compassionate, loving God, who's mindful of his children, how is he yesterday, today, and forevermore without shadows of turning, without deviation? Okay? He is a God that heals, restores, replenishes, revives, resurrects, this is a God who's interested in overcoming not only the judgment of sin, but at times the effects of sin in living in a broken world. The Bible calls these signs, signs confirming the word of God. What is a sign? Well, a sign is something on the side of the road, and the sign is rarely, if ever, I've not seen many people do this. It would be odd if I did. Very few people pull their car off to the side of the road and study the sign, how it was made, in what shape it is, how how much it weighs, and has, if it's flexible and can be pushed over. I see people like shooting guns at signs, but I don't see anybody studying the signs. And so it is with healing. Healing is a sign and meant to be an indicator of what direction to head in. And it's not to be worshipped, coveted, or more important than the Lord himself. And certainly not more important than the word that it confirms. A sign simply points you in the direction. So here we are, we have these people being healed. What, what, it's a sign of confirming God's word. What does it point to? It points to Christ, the son of the living God. It points to the brokenness that he they experienced on the cross and that our fractured bodies, he can hold all things together. So the question is, does, does everything have to be by faith, or are there at times demonstration because of our faith that only further confirms the Word of God as being what it is, living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword, penetrate even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow? I find that the full counsel of the Word of God helps me understand who, in whom I trust and why I trust him, not just because he is who he says he is, but beyond academia, beyond content, beyond information, there still is transformation and a transaction that yields a healing in one's body, relationships, mind, heart, soul, strength, whatever. So here we are now, as, as promised by God, and as brought to your attention by me, your pastor, we are starting to see people healed. 
how should we handle that? Well, the answer is simply with maturity and incredible gratitude and thanksgiving. There's not nothing to argue about. There's nothing that should alienate us one from another. We should be even deeper in the Word of God, asking God to confirm His Word with signs following. So there, there you have it. Let's keep things in proper perspective. As I said in the last few weeks, if you've been listening, we want God for who He is, not for what He can do for us. We first want Him as a priority in our life because of who He is and what He's already done for us. We're not asking for unconditional love in a conditional way. We're not putting conditions upon God where if he doesn't heal us, we're not going to love him. That is totally ridiculous. That makes us God, us controlling, us manipulative and ungrateful. No, no. He does what he wants to do when he wants to do it, and he always does it in love because he is love. So here's my invitation to you. You've listened to these podcasts. You've heard some of the testimonies that people have been healed. Maybe you know them yourself. Here's what I want to ask you to do. It may be for some a stretch beyond your current doctrinal elasticity, but I invite you into the full counsel of the Word of God. Jesus did, in fact, go about preaching and teaching and healing every disease and sickness among the people. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Why would I think any different of him now? In fact, if you want another layer He said that we ourselves would be involved in even greater things than his. So ponder that in your heart and think to yourself, am I being called or do I feel a nudge of some kind to possibly be involved in compassionately and sensitively and with great maturity and care? Am I being called into a healing ministry? The Bible says to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. You know what that means? It means that we should eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And one of the gifts is discernment. One of the gifts is healing. Why not eagerly desire such if our attitude is right, our agenda and our motivation is correct, that we can actually be representatives of Christ involved in the process of bringing healing and restoration to people's lives? What in the world is so wrong with that? I invite you to pray about that very situation of maybe joining a healing team here at Community Bible Church. And would you be so kind, if you're convinced that maybe that is a direction you'd like to explore, to let me know personally. I'd love to sit down and talk with you. I'd love to see if it's a mutually beneficial idea that you involve yourself in a healing workshop of some kind that we can minister to people at their point of need. And in the meantime, can we not also expect, because his promises are yes and amen, that he will continue to help us to restore fractured relationships, spiritual toxicity, unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment, hardened hearts, fractured and broken homes, the trauma of our past that seems to disable us in the present and keeps us from our potential in the future. Can we not believe God to be even fuller, even richer as a reservoir of healing in in the days the weeks, the months ahead. Pray about that, would you? And let's get together if you feel it's appropriate. Let's talk about how we can be, each of us, further equipped to minister the love of Christ to the sick, to the dying, to the diseased, to the alienated, to the lonely, to the depressed, to the hopeless, and to those who are insecure, ashamed, broken, hurt, 
and traumatized. Is this not why we have a ministry? Have we the arrogance to think that we ourselves can decipher what God can and cannot do when in reality he says all things are possible? Not I, my friend. Not I. Pray about that, and let's see if together we cannot help people. They're coming to us for help. They're asking for help. Why don't you help me, and why don't I help you be a part of that process of restoration? I love you. I appreciate your attentiveness to this series. And more so, I appreciate to putting into action that which you've been taught. Because you are a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're a walking ambassador, and you have an irrevocable calling on your life. And God has prepared in advance good works for you to do because you are his handiwork. So I bless you and I pray for you uh, with the following prayer. May God move upon you, well up from within you, lead you, guide you, place guardrails around you, protect you, and use you for his glory in the lives of those who are parched, arid, emaciated spiritually, hungry for something of meaning and purpose. And may you and I keep ourselves out of the way as we minister that grace and that mercy to others. What a privilege, what an honor to even participate in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen.